0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Man, I'm telling you, you know, uh, when we go into a church, unless God specifically uh, tells us to do something else, the first time, we usually do the message that she had this morning and, and the mes- message I'm going to do tonight because, you know, we thought we were going to go up to in the rapture from the mission field or we were going to die on the mission field, but God supernaturally spoke to us and brought us back to America, and he said, I want you to be a part of the greatest revival this earth's ever seen. I believe we've already got our toes in it. Yeah. We, we've been talking with a pastor, and you know, we see hunger arising again in the body of Christ because there was a little lull there uh, for a little while, but people are being hungry. I mean, look at the congregation here tonight. I mean, there's there's at least half the people are more than half the people that was here this morning used to. You'd have a big crowd Sunday morning, and, and it might be 20 people at night. But God is moving. Yeah. And I believe we've got our toes in the greatest move of God this earth has ever seen. I mean, the guys in the book of Acts are going to look over the banisters of heaven, and, and they're going to be jealous of what God has put us in. Amen. Now, Angela talked about what, God, what revival looks like this morning from God's eyes, from out of God's heart. So, you know, we have our part to play. Just because God said something doesn't necessarily mean it's automatic. What do we got to do, church, when God says something? What do we got to do? Act on, Act on it. And then we have to take what he said and, and present it back to him, remind him of what he said. And, you know, God never gets upset when we remind him of what he's said. Cause I, so, I'm going to talk about praying for revival tonight. Amen. Now, when we talk about revival or we talk about uh, uh, synonyms of that word revival is rain. Many times we see in the Bible, he talks about rain. Many times we see uh, he's talking about uh, the glory of God being manifest in the earth. And sometimes you can see that glory. I said, sometimes you can see that, glory. I know many times we were in dad's meetings, Brother Hagin's meetings, and man, there'd be just a, a thick cloud in that meeting. Well, it's gonna go worldwide this time. I said, it's gonna go worldwide this time, and we're gonna get to be a part of that because we're gonna take the promises that I'm gonna present to you, and probably it's not gonna be anything new, I'm like Peter, as long as I'm in this body, I'm gonna continue to remind you of the things that God has said. That's why we come to church, because faith comes by. Here's, and, here's, and, here's, and, here's, and, here's, and, here's, and, because the world out there, it sucks the stuff out of us. You know, we go out there and, uh, but anyway, let me get to my message. <laughs> Woo, this is place, he's in preaching this place. So we're talking about the glory. We're talking about revival. We're talking about an outpouring on this earth. And the greatest need of the saints is to be revived. But the greatest need that the world needs is an outpouring on them. They need to see a demonstration of God's power. They need to see God show up and show out. I mean, we've been to many nations all throughout the world, and we've, we've encountered many different belief systems, but a miracle, a sign, and a wonder always answers the question. Amen. You know, there's no group in the world, it doesn't matter what, they, what they're propagating, no group in the world can produce what we can. Amen. Children of Almighty God. Yes. Woo! Amen. I better stay with my notes here, stay with my message. So, James chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. Man. Whew. James chapter 5, verse 7 and 8. Now, this is talking about the coming of the Lord, returning to Jesus. And in this context, he says, the farmer, well, that's God. And when he talks about the fresh fruit of the earth, that's people. You know, in times of prayer, I've heard what God's heartbeat sounds like. You know what it sounds like? People. 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 People, people, for God so loved the world are people that he gave his only begotten son. It's all about people. I said it's all about people. And you know, it's time for us to grow up and use our faith to get those people, to get the harvest. We can be a part of it. You may never go to a mission field, you never can, may never stand behind a pulpit, but you can get in your prayer closet and see the The will and plan of God come to part. We partner with God in prayer. We remind him of what he said. So he says here in James chapter 5 verse 7, he says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord, and see how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, for people. He patiently waits for it, for people, the harvest, until it until the harvest receives what? The early and the latter rain. Not just the early rain. I believe the book of Acts is the early rain. I believe we're in the beginning stages of the latter rain, the greatest move of God this earth has ever seen. Whoa, come on, y'all. I said the greatest move of God. God looked through the corridors of time and decided to put you you and 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 you Woo. And you and you and you on this earth at this time to, to help usher in the coming of the Lord. Woo! Man, we'll make Peter, Paul, and James and all those guys jealous. So the, the, the harvest is waiting for the, until it receives early and latter rain. And it's gotta come. I said, it's gotta come. Verse 8, you also be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is, hand, is at hand. God is patiently waiting for the precious fruit of the earth, for people, for the harvest to come in. And you know, right now, probably uh, a really, uh, there's probably not even 10% of the people in the whole world that, that even know Jesus I'm not talking about believe what like we believe, but even know Jesus. I can't believe that, well, Jesus won't ever come back for something like that. There's got to be a certain amount, a certain percent of the world's population for Jesus to come back. But that won't ever happen until the rain falls. And the rain won't fall unless we do our part and pray. Come on now. I said, Jesus is not going to come back until there's a certain amount of people that are born again that are waiting for his coming and, and, the, and the harvest will never be reaped without the rain and the rain will never fall unless we do our part and pray. Amen. Man, man, man. Man, man. Let me put it this way. Jesus will not come until the harvest is reaped. The harvest will not be reaped without the rain, and the rain will not come unless we pray. I read this somewhere. I don't know who quoted it, but there will, if there is no outcry, there will be no outpouring. Think about it. In Matthew chapter 9, verses uh, 36 and 30 through 38, Jesus looked out and he saw a problem. He said, the harvest is plenteous, but the labor is a few. And then the next verse, what did he say? Just kick back and relax, boys. I got it all under control. You don't have to do nothing. Is that what he said? No. What did he tell him to do? Pray and get involved. I said, get involved. Get involved in what I'm wanting to do. He said, here's the problem. The harvest is plenty, but the labors are few, but I want you to get involved. You pray that the Lord of the harvest would thrust out labors into the harvest. Woo, what about Paul? You know, just think about it. When he had that supernatural experience on the road to Damascus, wonder how that happened. The church did what Jesus told them to do, pray for those to despitefully use you. They prayed and God showed up. And now, because they did their part, Jesus was able to appear to him and change his mind. Glory be to God. What about Daniel? Daniel was reading, let's see, where's that located? Daniel was reading in chapter 9. He was reading the prophet uh, Jeremiah, and he said that there would come a time and after this period of time, let me just read that, Daniel 9, verse 2. He said, In the first year of the reign, I, Daniel, stood by the books of the numbers of the year specified by the word of the Lord through Jeremiah and the prophet that he would accomplish seven years in the desolation of Jerusalem. And Daniel said, Well, Jeremiah prophesied it surely it will come to pass. No. He said, I set myself, my face to toward the Lord God to make requests by prayer and supplication and fasting and sackcloth and dashes. Verse 4, and I prayed to the Lord my God. See, he saw the problems. He understood what Jeremiah had prophesied to the Lord, and he took hold of that. He said, Jeremiah, said, now, Lord, I'm going to remind you of it. Lord, I come to you, and I remind you of it. I'm setting my face toward you, and we're going to see this thing. We're going to work together, and we're going to see this thing come to pass. And that's what God's wanting to do for the church today. Because the world don't know how to pray. They don't even know they need this. And it's messed up out there. Things have got to change. Even in our lifetime. I mean, we were in a mess. And then God set us right. But I mean, it's just getting worse and worse and worse. But thank God, because of the rain, it's going to get better and better and better and better. And people's going to come into churches like this. They're going to be drawn to churches like this. Churches that will allow the Holy Ghost to flow and be free and be welcomed. Amen. This is a sneaker-friendly church. You know, when the Holy Ghost comes on you, you just take off and run a lap with the Holy Ghost, amen? Yeah. Not a seeker-friendly, glory be to God. Every move of God has been preceded by prayer. Our prayers make a difference. In James chapter 5, The latter part in verse 16, it says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. I like what the Amplified says. The earnest, heartfelt, continued, continued. Not just, you know, us Word of Faith people. I had to learn this because I came in the Word of Faith movement. My wife came out of Pentecost, and she knows a little bit about praying through. Come on, I'm sure you guys, you've been around these pastors, you know about praying through. It's not just I believe I receive when I pray and that's it. You don't pray anymore. That's for you and you alone. But when it's a world event, when it's a worldwide event, we still have to continue. We have to contend for this. We have to be determined that God said it. I hadn't seen it yet, so I'm going to continue to stay in his face reverently Come on now, reverently, and remind my daddy of what he said. The, 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 the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. We must pray for the rain. So, how do we pray? Well, I'm glad you ask. Now, I don't have time to get into it, uh, but you pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. And you pray the Word of God. And that's what I want to focus on from here out, talking about praying the Word of God. You know, we were in Poland, and Catholicism was the mainline religion. And they were praying to Mary, and they were praying to saints. But we pray to the Father, come on now, in the name of Jesus. First John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15. Man, I like this verse. There's no ifs, ands, and buts about it. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15, it says, this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his word, what's his word? Excuse me, what's his will? His word. His word and his will are one and the same. If we ask anything according to his will, what happens? Well, you just never know. What happens? No, the Bible says he hears us. When we remind him of what he said, the Bible says God hears us. You know, somebody said uh, uh, Vice President Pence, Jesus talks to him. And they're all making fun of him. You know, thank God Jesus talks to our Vice President. Amen? This is the confidence, yeah, it's about time we had some righteousness sitting at the seat of authority in our capital. Amen, and that's all I gotta say about that. (laughs) If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And when we know, not if we doubt, not if we wonder, and if we know that he's heard us, we have the petitions that we desire of him. You know, when I was a little boy, my daddy was in the Navy. And I was telling the pastor, my brother's born in Jacksonville. And uh, we, uh, it, he would be gone for six months, sometimes a year, sometimes 18 months. And I can remember one time as a little boy, I was seven or eight years old. Daddy came home and there was gonna be a circus come into town. He was gonna be there all for maybe a month or so. And the circus came into town. Daddy began to take, tell me he's gonna take me to the circus. And he began to tell me about all the things we're going to see. We're going to get to see the elephants. We're going to get to see the clowns. We're going to get to see the tightrope walker. We're going to get to eat cotton candy. Oh, boy, I like cotton candy, (laughs) even today. Hot dogs. And you know, as a little boy, I just get excited. Oh, daddy, 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 I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait until we get to go to the circus. And he made the mistake. He told me about 10 or 12 days away. And so, a day or two would go by, and I'd remember in my low mind, you know, and I'd say, oh, daddy, 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 oh, I can't wait, can't wait, can't wait, oh, we're going to to go to the circus, we're going to get to see the clowns and the elephants, And, and I'd go through that scenario all over again. And then then he said, yes, yeah, son, and it's going to be fun. We're going to get to spend some time together. And so that would satisfy me. And then two or three days to go by, and I'd remember it again. I said, oh, daddy, daddy, daddy. I can't wait. How many days? How many days, daddy? How many days? We're going to get to see the clowns and the elephants. And I went through that. And you know, it happened two or three times, maybe four or five times, until the day came that we went to go to the circus. But you know, my daddy never once got mad at me because I reminded him of what he had promised me. Our Father God never gets upset. Never, it never bothers him. It never makes him mad when we remind him of what he said we could have. So that's what we do. We take the scriptures and say, Daddy, you said this. I'm holding to your word. You're the, you, you said you could never lie. You said it's impossible for you to lie. You said heaven and earth will pass away before uh, your word will pass away. And I remind him of these scriptures. So I'm going to give you some of those scriptures. We remind him. Now, once again, there's probably nothing new, but we're reminding each other. I said we're reminding each other. We must contend in prayer for what God said. So, here are some scriptures. Now, this is not all of them, but, we, you know, we only have a certain time with you tonight. Hosea chapter 6 and verse 3. Hosea chapter 6 and verse 3. We can remind God that he said this. It said, let us know. Let us pursue the knowledge of the Lord. His going forth is established as the morning. He, talking about God, will come to us like rain, like the latter and the former rain together. Now, what did he say in James, the early and the latter rain? He said he'd come to us this way. And we'll see in a few minutes, he's already come. The early rain already came in the book of Acts, and we are in the beginning stages of the latter rain, the greatest move of God this earth has ever seen. I mean signs and mind-boggling miracles that'll happen through the body. Come on now. The mind-boggling miracles that'll happen through his children, the righteous ones, because the glory of God, the reign of God will come upon us and just like in the Old Testament, turn us into different people. Man, it'd be so easy. So easy. So easy to tell people about Jesus and so easy to demonstrate his love through a sign and warning or healing miracle. Amen. Amen. Zechariah one ten. This is what God said. Zechariah one ten. It said, Ask the Lord for rain in the time of the latter rain. In this time. In the days we're living in. He said to ask him for the rain. Zechariah 10.1, ask the Lord rain for in the time of the latter rain, the Lord will send flashing clouds. He will give them showers of rain. You know, sometimes rain drizzles and sometimes it's just a downpour. I believe we're in a downpour. Amen. I believe the downpour is starting. Showers of rain, the grass in the field for everyone. Everyone who? Everyone in the church? And everyone in the world, I mean, God is going to show up and show out in such a way that people are going to have to just determine, yeah, I believe that's God, but I don't want to have any part with it. Man. I just can't believe that God is going to lose out in this end-time revival. What about the parables? It talks about in, in the Gospels when Jesus comes, two will be in the bed, one will be taken, one will be uh, left, and two in the field, one will be taken, one will be left. It's got to be at least fifty 50% or, 50% or better. Come on now. And it won't come until we do our part, until we remind daddy of what he said. everyone gets to benefit from this this is our day we're in the days of the latter rain now there's some old testament scriptures that i want to give to you and these are unfulfilled promises that means we take these promises and we just continue to remind god and hold them up before him until we see them because what god said If we remind him of it, eventually we'll see with our eyes what we see in our hearts or what he said in his word. Numbers chapter 14. These are unfulfilled promises. Numbers 14, verse 21. Numbers 14, 21. He says, truly as I live, man, and he's alive. He's alive forevermore. He said, truly as I live, all, all the earth. How much is all? all. Now, Angela talked about the different revivals or moves of God that, that's, that's happened. And in the book of Acts, it was in a located place, but we're talking about all the earth. Now, I don't know if it's gonna be all over the earth at one time, but I know it's gonna spread in different pockets Different places, and eventually, before Jesus comes to wrap to take us away, it's going to be all over the world, and it's going to be so publicized. Like I said, people are going to have to be so hard hearted. Said, I know that's God, but I don't want any part of it. Man, oh, that excites me. That excites me. The glory of God coming on His body. So, Truly as I live, all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Amen. Amen. You know what that means, don't you? So be it. Yeah. So be it. Every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every people will get to experience this. There'll be no one left without it. We know a missionary, where's uh, the guy that goes, does, does the donkeys up in, uh, in Venezuela? And in Venezuela. I mean, he'll he'll take a pack a backpack with two or three mules and, and go up into the mountains. The tribe's never even heard the name of Jesus and preach to those people. Man, every nation, every people, every tongue, every kindred, everybody's gonna be able to see the love of God demonstrated because the glory of God is gonna be on people like you and me, and we're gonna carry that to them. They're not gonna be able to be doubters or naysayers. Habakkuk, Habakkuk chapter two, verse 14. Unfulfilled promise. <clears throat> Habakkuk two fourteen, the earth will be filled. Filled, filled. He said the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the water covers the sea. There's nowhere in the sea that there is not water. That means God's coming on this earth totally and completely. These are the days of where he shows up and shows out, manifest himself. did we do Psalm 72, 19? I think I skipped that one, didn't I? Psalm 72, 19. Blessed be his glorious name forever. Let the whole let the whole, let the, I said let the whole, or we could say all the earth be filled with his glory. Amen and amen. So we just remind him, Father, this is what you said. You said let the whole earth be filled with your glory. We're contending for this. We're, we're coveting this, and we're not gonna be satisfied until we see this come to pass. We're gonna to continue to remind you as reverent, respectful children, but you said it, Daddy, and it's gotta to come to pass. It cannot fail. Amen. cannot. Here's one in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, verse 16. Acts 2, verse 16. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel Oh, Joel prophesied this in Joel chapter two, verse twenty-eight. I like what the Amplified says in this verse sixteen. It says, "This is the beginning of that which was spoken by the prophet Joel." I believe the rain started back then. You know when there's been there's been glorious times and there's been dry times, but I believe we're in the latter rain at this day and this time. We get to be partakers and see, hear that trumpet sound. Man, oh man, well done. We get, to, we get to heaven and hear Jesus say, well done. We don't go to heaven and hear, and Jesus says, well, well, no. He's going to say, well done, because we take up the banner of prayer and present it to him until we see it come to pass. Verse 17, and it shall come to pass in the last days, in the last days, that I will pour out of my spirit on about 50% of the people, on about 75% of the people. On what? All. How, how, on what? All. All, all means all. And like Angela said this morning, the Holy Ghost doesn't exaggerate. He's not a liar. And he came on Luke to write this. If he said all, he means all. All flesh. flesh. The Spirit of God will come on all flesh. So we can remind him of that. Haggai chapter 2, verse 9, Haggai 2, 9. The glory of this latter temple shall be greater than the former, says the Lord of hosts. Whew. Think about it. I mean, I get so stirred when I read the book of Acts and see what the apostles and the early church did. Man, that's, that, it, 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 it's going to pale to what we're going to see here in, in this day and this time. I mean, think about it, Acts chapter 6, Stephen, he was not called to be in the full-time ministry. He was a table waiter. And it said when he got to heaven, Jesus stood up. Whew. Signs and wonders was done by him. Why? Because there was, he got touched by the power of God. We get touched by the power of God and it changes us. It puts us in the place that the blood of Jesus provided for us. And we act like sons and daughters of Almighty God, knowing who we are and what we can do. And we can use our faith and we can contend for what God has said. But in the meantime, this is another message for another time. But in the meantime, let's don't forget what Jesus said. I think Angela made reference to it this morning. John 14:12, this is kind of a little side journey, but he said, if you believe on me, come on, that qualifies you. I don't think you'd be in church on Sunday night if you're no, you don't believe in Jesus. He said, if you believe on me, the works. Oh, oh, the works I do, you shall do also. also, also, and greater works than these shall you do because I go the Father. I mean, Jesus gave us all the equipment that he had. In Jesus' life and ministry, he was our example. In his death and burial and resurrection, he was our substitute. But there's a whole lot we can be doing even before we get the fullness of the rain. Anyway, I don't know who that was for, but it's good anyway. Joel chapter two, verse 23. Now, let me tell you this, in I'll make reference in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 and 23, it talks about that that Zion is the church of the firstborn. So even though this is an Old Testament prophecy, it's talking about us in this day and this time. Joel chapter 2, 23 says, be glad then you children of Zion, you born again blood-bought church of the most high God, you children of God, And rejoice in the Lord your God, for he has given you the former rain faithfully, and he will cause the rain to come down for you, the former and the latter rain in the first month. I mean, it's going to be a culmination of everything. I believe this move is going to be a culmination of every move of God this earth has ever seen. And like that prophecy, I thank you. God's gonna drop it on this earth like a Holy Ghost bomb. Running in the rain, amen. Preaching in the rain. Laying hands on people and seeing growths fall off of them. Seeing down syndrome children completely transformed. Seeing arms grown out and eyes come into sockets. Deaf ears open. See, this is the things that happen in the rain. This is the things that happen in an outpouring of God. Whew. Let me read a prophecy. How many of you know uh, anything about John G. Lake? Well, he was, he was an apostle, and he was sent to South Africa. And uh, for a period of five years, he saw, he just got hungry for God. And because his hunger, it spread out onto those that followed after him, that God brought alongside, just like the same thing that's on these pastors is on you because they've been telling you what they believe. That's that's what church is all about. God speaks to them, tells them something, and they speak it to you and you get a hold of it. You get a hold of it. We say in Alabama, you get a hold of it. Anyway, there were 650 churches started in 5 years time. And then God moved him to Spokane, Washington, and he had these healing homes. And there was over 100,000 documented miracles by the newspapers. Woo! How about communist news network, I mean CNN, <laughs> telling the world what God is doing through his people. So, 100,000 churches was, uh, I mean, 100,000 documented healings. And I'm going to read this prophecy. You can, you can Google it. It's the, uh, it's the Portland Vision. I'm going to read all of it. I'm just going to read the portion that pertains to what we're preaching about tonight. But it says, uh, in May of 1920, John G. Lake moved to Portland, Oregon to start and oversee an apostolic church. During this time, he had this following vision. An angel appeared to me, and he stood a few feet away from me, and, said, and he said to me, I've come for your prayers. Remember, that happened in the covenant, too. Daniel prayed, and an angel showed up. He said, I've come for your prayers. He said, during this time, I had carried my Bible in my hand and reaching for the Bible, the angel, Angela, the angel, (laughs) the angel opened to the book of Acts and he ran his finger down over the second page, the portion where the Spirit of God came down from heaven and proceeded through the book of Acts to its great, outstanding revelations and phenomena. He said, this is Pentecost as God gave it through the heart of Jesus. He said, strive, the angel's talking to John G. Lake. He said, strive for this. Contend for this. Teach the people to pray for this. For this and this alone will meet the necessity of the human heart and this alone will have the power to overcome the forces of darkness When the angel was departing, he said, pray, pray, pray. Teach the people to pray. Prayer and prayer alone, much prayer, persistent prayer is the door to the entrance into the heart of God. Jesus will not come until the harvest is reaped. The harvest cannot be reaped without the rain, and the rain won't come unless we do our part and pray. Now, you may know more scriptures. If you do, thank God, but at least these I've given you. Man, you can take these and write them out, write them and put them down. You know, in the beginning, when I, in the early 80s, when I came into this thing, man, we were adamant about putting scriptures everywhere. We need to get back to that. I said, we need to get back to that. Put these scriptures, put them in on your tablet, put them in your phone, put them in. I know you'll see them when you go to the refrigerator. You know, and you ladies, you can put these scriptures uh, where you get all dolled up in the morning or whenever, you know, on a mirror. And just remind God. Don't give, you, we don't have to get arrogant. Lord, you said, this is what you said. This is what we're contending for. We're not gonna do without it. You said it, we're not gonna do without it. We're gonna have it this way. It can't be any other way. You're not a liar. You're not the son of man that you should repent. You said it, it shall come to pass, and we're gonna remind you of it. We're gonna remind you of it. We're gonna hold it up into your face reverently, and we're gonna remind you of it until we see it. Woo! Man, we can be part of it. And when it does come, You can pat yourself on the back and say, I had a part in that. Man, get to be a part of the greatest end time revival. And see, once it comes in its fullness, we we can walk it out and we'll have a great advantage over a lot of these folks that don't believe exactly the way we do. I mean, a lot of the, when this hits, a lot of folks that don't believe like we believe the, the Holy Ghost will, uh, will, will bring revelation and they'll say, my God, how did I miss out on that? Those people right all the time. Well, we don't care if we're right or not. We just want God to do what he said we do. Amen.